The mistake was allowing Patrick to go be a part of that team. So now if he's part of that team, you got you only have one choice. He's our team. He's our team member. Either you're going in with them to try to win as a team, or you should have been on the team in the first place. Welcome back to a new episode of Shank Happens with PGA Memes. Joe and I took the week off last week, but we are back and we are joined by a very special co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Janella. Super excited for that. We're also going to be meeting up with last year's champion at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Nate Lashley at the 19th hole to talk about what he's been up to during quarantine, getting back and geared up for the new start of the season, and defending his title this week in Detroit. Of course, this pod is brought to you by our friends at Mizzen and Main. If you haven't checked them out, do so by going to MizzenandMain.com. They've got the best dress shirts in the game. They've got great polos to rock on the golf course. These guys have it all. So make sure to check them out at MizzenandMain.com. Matt, what is going on, man? We're happy to have you. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here behind the curtain. I love it. Yeah, we're excited, man. Hey, we're going to just kind of jump into some things. We have some fun things to talk about. Obviously, golf's back. You know, in a big way, we've had a lot of big names, uh, you know, playing tournaments that you traditionally don't see. And we had a couple of big, big names winning the last couple of weeks. Webb Simpson at RBC Heritage, you had DJ coming in uh, victorious yesterday at the Travelers, which was his 21st win since 2008. I saw it today posted. That's the most out of any tour player uh, tying Tiger Woods. Uh, is DJ Jeez. underrated or is he, you know, right where he needs to be, you guys think? So that was the chart since 2008. So they both have had 21 wins since 2008, which there was a couple of shocking things in there that I saw. So 21 wins since 2008. Tiger Tigers had 21 wins since 2008. That's, I was thinking the same thing, Matt. You and I are on the same wavelength. That doesn't seem right. Is that right? Like that's the stretch of time where Tiger's been done. But, you know, he almost got player. Like, I mean, Tiger, I mean, that's how crazy, that's how crazy Tiger, like, that's in a span of when we, we've been writing him off yeah. and he's had 21 wins. I'm trying to well, think through it because he, he came back, what was it? He came back yeah. in like 2011, 2012, somewhere, and had five wins in one season. It's yeah. when he almost shot 59 at Firestone. Yeah. He had played all those yeah. wins. Yeah. Um, there were no majors. Yeah. 2013. 2013. There were no majors that year. But then after 2013 is when, I mean, what was his next win? Was the Tour Championship? <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, it doesn't so how many right. did he win in 08? Yeah, I mean. It I, doesn't I, seem right. You have to go year by year. But, I mean, Rory's right there at 18, so he's just behind. But, I mean, Rory had a ton of wins stacked up you know, in that 2014 plus season. Yeah. And then, you know, he's won here a lot recently, but it's just crazy. That is probably the biggest storyline out of that post that Tiger's right there at the top. Like, but they, That's the stretch of time. That's tw- 21 win. That, 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 I mean, I have no reason. It doesn't sound right, except for it's Tiger Woods. It's like, yeah. that's how crazy Tiger Woods is. DJ has had this phenomenal stretch to get to tide of Tiger's off stretch. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Not just, well, just goes stretch, to show. like not playing golf. <laughs> like, for... it, like we wrote him off multiple times in that stretch, like multiple times. I mean, I, I honestly, will, I should correct it because I never wrote him off. I will honestly yeah. say that I've always been on the side that I would never bet against him um, because he's because I always said this was, you know, if you look at Patty Harrington, right? He, he was gone. 
and, and came back and won. Davis Love gone and came back and won. Darren Clark, uh, you know, Justin Rose. By the way, we Justin Rose was gone. He was yeah. he was a bag a bag full of of of, of a mess, and he was you know, and he came back and 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 won. Adam Scott won at the age of thirty two. You know, all these guys, you know, uh, who you know, Sergio Garcia gone, b- broken, beaten won the masters. So why couldn't Tiger Woods do that? I always would, I would make all those comparisons. Like, uh, he, none of you could take those all those careers combined and they don't equal Tiger Woods. So why would we write Tiger off? No, exactly. Speaking of, um, Adam Scott, he was a topic today. I saw on social too, because they posted the updated world rankings and he's in the top 10 and everyone's like, how is he in the top 10? You know? And if you go back, I mean, he is just so consistent now. I mean, obviously yeah. he won at Riv last year, right? Yeah. So well he got hot. Last year he was he was hot. I I wrote him in some fantasy leagues and Adam Scott was playing a lot of very good. If you really go look at it, it seems crazy, but if you go look at it, he played a lot of great golf. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. Bryson cracked into the top ten. I'm curious, like how I mean, Bryson is just the guy who's mathematically driven, just testing stuff out. He's proving his, you know, what he's been putting all the work forth. I mean, he's driving the ball like crazy. He's made another top 10. He's now in the top 10 in the world rankings. I mean, how high does Bryson get? Does, does he become world number one at some point? I mean, now he's got to break that Easy. curve of winning a major, but you think he gets over the hump? Yes. Um, uh, you think so, Joe? I, I got to tell you, man, I mean, the work that he puts in is is second to no one. I mean, he grinds harder than anybody. And Brooks made a great point this week when he was talking about all the effort that Bryson put in in the offseason. And people want to complain and talk about how you have to dial back the golf ball. But he put in the work to be able to hit the ball that far. You know, and so for me, I, I see a guy who's constantly grinding. I see a guy who can play the game as well as anybody out there. His methods are more unique than other people out there but he has the ability to win. He's going to be consistently kind of like an Adam Scott, consistently playing well, consistently finding himself in the top 10 throughout the season as long as he continues to work. And as he starts figuring out how to win these majors and, and, and continues to get these wins under his belt, no question in my mind. Do I think he's like a consistent like Greg Norman, Tiger Woods up at the world number one for long periods of time? Maybe not, but I, I think he'll crack number one at some point. I, I would I would agree with you. I because for a lot of those reasons, who's who's working harder at trying to improve? Who's who's thinking outside of a box? Like I I I I I think it's crazy that we don't celebrate a guy like this. Like I I'm pushing like I don't I I I find it fascinating. You know I I would nitpick him on sort of his temperament and sort of the way he conducts himself when he, when things are not going well, you know, if he could just, it's kind of like John Rahm. Like I really, I actually like John Rahm is kind of a, a European version of Bryson DeChambeau, like totally consumed by the game. He wants to be great. He's constantly working at being great, but then he has these moments where you're like, man, God, that's kind of a, that's kind of a dick move. I mean, I wish, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's hard. They, they, they make it a little hard to really root for him, but I can't help but root for him. Like I can't help. Yeah. I can't help but root for Bryson. First of all, he's interesting. I think he's got a good heart. I think he's a good, I, th- I think he makes fun of himself. I, what's not, I mean, what's not to like his passion is just pouring out of him to try to be great at the game of golf. We're going to run someone down like that. Well, you saw him at, I, don't, I think it was at the Open last year, I believe, where he had a complete meltdown on the driving yeah, range, the, the and it was all on camera and stuff. And yeah. it, I mean, 
it just goes to show it's he's an easy guy he's an easy target for someone like myself to make a a joke about right and you're right he does laugh at these jokes and he's embraced it and he's you know and i've got the chance to be around him but i think it's good for him to be number one in the world because he's so different uh and it just shows people you know that are getting into the game or trying new things like hey look this guy is doing everything different than everybody else and he's put the work in to become world number one i think it'd be great for the sport for sure so think about that think about that if you got a guy like rory admiring what Bryson's is Bryson's doing in terms of like, you know, length, Rory, <laughs> yeah, Rory. Yeah. yeah. Who's normally oh, yeah. 20 yards further than everybody else. Think about how much we, we gawk over Rory's length and then yeah. he does that to somebody else. Well, then mm-hmm. we, that yeah. that's really good for the game. Yeah. Well, Brooks's comments were also funny. It was like a silent jab back at Spieth because Spieth was the one com- complaining about Bryson's length <laughs> and saying they needed to tighten the fairways and grow the rough up. So, yeah. So yeah, there's know, little, and by the way, Bryson's been doing this. Bryson's been doing this on courses that don't even don't even work for what he's been putting. Yes. into. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, wait until we get to like big open long golf courses 100 percent. no you're right all those courses are super tight i mean like we played colonial the week before they they played there and it was like that's not a course where you just rip it down the fairway i mean you got to be really calculated yeah our town is tight it's a fucking joke little screens on the tour so hey we're going to move over to our first uh t segment i want to talk about coronavirus right so we've been on lockdown a lot of states are opening back up you know golf's back but the tour the first week had no issues the second week we had i believe one issue or one nick watney yeah nick watney and that emerged their relationship with whoop because it was you know discovered on the the app that he had some some respiratory issues and then the following week we've had i think more than half a dozen or so and then one just got reported here just now of another player I think Harris English has COVID-19, but uh, I'll tell you. So when it was announced that the commissioner had a press conference at two o'clock, I was like, season's wrapped. I'm like, here we go. Yeah. I I just didn't know like what was going to be enough to fold because a lot of people were under pressure to do the right thing and put people's uh, safety in check and make sure that they're not putting anybody in harm's way. But ultimately like everyone has a choice of whether they're going to go and play or not. Like if you're, if you're worried about getting sick, if you're worried about contracting it, you have the choice to stay home. You know, I know that's maybe easier said than done, but uh, I was excited. Like when I heard him speak, I thought he stood up. I thought he handled it right. I mean, I think it would have been bad for anyone to expect that there wouldn't be any cases on the tour. Um, but I can tell you, I like texted um, Kevin Na while he was out on the practice uh, round. And I was just like, oh man, I hope this news and the commissioner is good. Like, what do you know? He called me back. Like, didn't even write me back. He called me back. He's like, what are you talking about? He had no clue that there was even a press conference and he was freaking out. He's like, no way. He's like, he's like, I don't even want to continue my practice round. He was so discouraged. You know, I was like, Oh dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't mean to step in on your routine, but dude, fingers crossed. Right. And then I don't know. My take on it was, I was pretty happy with how he handled it. Um, Wait, did, just foolish. to clear, just to clear that did not want to play or did not, not want to play. What was your, what was, what was well, the sense he, of, he was just discouraged that he thought they were going to be shutting things down. So he, so was he like, wanted to keep playing in other words, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, playing yeah. like, you know, yeah, Hey, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm doing my part to make sure I'm keeping safe. And so is his caddy and everything, but he was, he was just discouraged in the sense, like, I don't even want to finish my practice round. I don't even know what's mm-hmm. going on, you know? Okay. So, yeah. but, um, 
but obviously, you know, the commissioner came forward and just kind of said, Hey, look, we're going to keep going. We're going to tighten up measures best we can, but we're not yeah. going to stop playing. It would have been foolish to expect no cases. So I don't know. I was yeah. pretty happy with his take on it. I don't know if you guys feel like the tour has been handling in the right way, but you know, that's where I'm, I'm at on it. Man, here's what I'll say. I'll say, I, I think that based on what we're seeing with things starting to reopen based on the NBA is on its way back. The NFL is fully expecting to be able to come in and start playing and start getting practices underway. I think that first of all, taking the steps that they're taking to be as careful and cautious as they are is commendable. Uh, I, I love the idea of getting the whoop bracelets. I think that's awesome, especially after what happened with Nick Watney. You know, it, it seems like everything they're doing is very proactive. The thing that I take away that is more impressive to me than anything that has, has been done by the press conference or by, um, you know, the, the parameters that have been put in place is, is the player's reaction to it and how seriously they are taking it. And the reason I say that is I want to talk about Chase Kepka this past week, who yeah. Monday qualified into a PGA Tour event, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. The hardest. Um, a, a guy trying to get onto the tour, Monday qualifies into an event, and then finds out that not him, not his caddy, but his brother's caddy, Brooks's caddy, has, come, has been diagnosed with COVID and withdraws after Monday qualifying. And that, to me, is the most encouraging thing about this. It makes me feel like, hey, everyone is taking this so seriously that the guy who needs and deserves to be in this tournament the most this week is stepping out at the risk of potentially, you know, infecting someone else or having someone else without any knowledge of if he actually could or not. And that, that to me shows me like, hey, I think we are in the right frame of mind and I think we are trending in the right direction. Yeah. Not, not to, I think that's all fair, and not to mention Rory and sort of counting people around the greens and wearing the mask on the way to the scorer's tent. And, you know, I mean, talk about, talk about a guy who has emerged as a true leader mm-hmm. <laughs> within, within a group of, within this con, a group of constituents. Like Rory McIlroy, <laughs> I mean, how much, what, can't say enough good things about Rory McIlroy as right. not, not only a player, but as a person. Um, and has obviously evolved and matured as a, you know, I mean, wow. So I, I would agree with all that you're saying. And I think, you know, Shipnuck Allen is a really good friend of mine and it came out with the article that says, you know, tour needs to shut down and he got, Oh my God. I mean, the flood of negative energy <laughs> towards mm-hmm. Alan Shipnuck was pretty intense from, and I, I and, and I, I chose not to even chime in at that point because a, Alan is a friend of mine, and B, you know, I'm a travel guy, and I'm out traveling around right now because, you know, you, it's hard to be a travel guy unless you're traveling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's <laughs> the end of the day, you know, and I'm, and I'm taking a lot of precautions and wearing the masks and flying on planes, and I always thought this was a, this was a relation. The commissioner, you know, works essentially for his group of players. This is a, this is a deal between the players and this and the commissioner. This is a, this is a, let, let me help you. Let, 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 let's got, let's come up with a strategy that makes sense for everybody involved here, creating some sort of bubble, which obviously, you know, players are starting to police it themselves, right? They're starting to realize like we're all in this together. So let them police it themselves. 
right? Yeah. Like I'm, who am I to say like, I'm, by the way, I watched a lot of golf the last couple of weeks and have enjoyed it, you know, and yeah. if they feel good about what's going on, then I say good for them. I loved, and, and Monaghan, I can't say enough good things about him either. He Thanks, seems man. reasonable. He seems mm-hmm. educated. He seems like a leader. You know, he seems, uh, you know, he communicates. He's not afraid to, to, to take the heat and, and say, hey, we're going to make some adjustment. This is like, again, is anybody surprised that people got COVID-19, a very contagious virus? That's, you know, no. Yeah. They went in this knowing this is, this is going to be a turbulent landing, but we're going to get this bird down and yeah. we're going to keep going. Yeah. So I say, hey, this is between them. If they decide to shut it down, that's going to be because they decide. It's, there, there is, there's probably is a tipping point. And uh, until then, let's enjoy the golf. Because yeah. we know that this sport is so conducive. There are record, I got back from four students, record-breaking numbers happening at resorts all over the country and golf courses all over the country because people see the game as an opportunity to get out and space, get some distance, and and have a healthy, active activity under the sun. Yeah. Ooh, let's One go. One of the best places you can be at this point, I think. Let's outside. go. Yep. Yep. Let's go. Yeah. And, you know, them to Joyce. and us. Them and us. Them and yep. us. Absolutely. I love it. One to, to, to Joe's point, I mean, I think with those players, like, well, Chase, obviously, Brooks, obviously, withdrew right away. Um, you know, Claude and I think Chase were in that same house, but them all doing that showed big signs of the players taking it seriously. And I think them doing that and then Rory leading the way, I mean, his leadership has been, has been great. I couldn't ask for a better player to be you know, the face of the tour right now, but them doing that is just making the commissioner's job that much easier because it's a compelling story that, Hey, look, everyone's taking this seriously, but everyone's also taking these risks, you know, individually, we're all going forward together. We're being smart about this. And you're right. I mean, people are, I was, and I'm still dying for more and more competition, more sports because everyone's losing their mind every single day. Like without seeing the stuff that you're accustomed to that you need as an escape. That's you playing golf with your buddies on a trip at a resort, or that's going to be tuning into a final final round on the PGA tour and just watching some magic happen. Right. Well, well, you know, we've, we leaned on, you know, there's so much other craziness and COVID's happening, unemployment, you know, the politics of all the, of the politics of the, you know, of our country and the world is pretty intense stuff. You know, I remember even after 9-11 living in New York, you know, we were able to th- sort of throw ourselves back into, you know, baseball, World Series and the, the playoffs and the you know, self, we've always leaned on sports. We've leaned on music. We've leaned on a lot of different forms of, you know, art. And to not have it is has been an added layer of anxiety and stress in all of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, think, I think golf and Monaghan and these players and the caddies and the infrastructure that goes into building all this is pretty commendable. Uh, it seems, you know, look, there's – there are mistakes being made, but they're trying to correct them. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give yeah. them a lot of credit. They got to no, give no, them a lot sure. of credit. Nobody For knows sure. how to live in today's world. Nobody understands right. how to manage this. We've never been through it before. And they are being incredibly proactive in every step that they are taking to try and learn and adapt in every way that they can. 
Yeah. And you're getting new information every day from the CDC that conflicts with stuff you heard two months ago. Right. And then you're getting, you know, getting information everywhere, but everyone's just learning, you know? And so you just have to be open-minded. You got to think quick on your feet and you need good leadership. And we are getting that from the commissioner and from the top players in the game. So, I mean, that's good to see. So I think hopefully, you know, barring anything crazy, I think golf's here to stay. And I think they just, you know, tighten up where they can and do a few things different, learn as they go and we'll be good. I would imagine, I imagine there isn't, there is a point, there could be a moment in which they go, all right, we got to, I don't know when mm-hmm. that is. And the, and I don't even know if they know when that is, it's mm-hmm. going to, it'll depend. But if they can do this right and keep moving as this, this traveling band and, 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 and sort of identify and stay on top of it, why, why wouldn't we sit back and enjoy, you know, speaking, speaking to, to, you know, my last little point on this with, with, especially with what Chase has done this past week, when, when they come back and, the, and they come back and, and they're allowed to, you know, per the protocol enter back into the PGA tour season and go back into the Monday qualifier. I would love to see a tournament director step up and say, Hey, one of my exemptions is going to go to chase Kepka. Well, they already said he can play next year, which was cool. Uh, That, that, that's a, that was a, that was a nice, that was a class thing to do and seems like the right thing to do. Like, but I, I, you know, chase, I think chase did the right thing, not only for him, but for, for others. And that was, that was an amazing move. And mm-hmm. um, he, who's not a, who's not going to be rooting for Chase Kepka here on out? Like, you know, exactly. one little move like that and you're going to gain a fan base to go forward. And Absolutely. everything, you know, I've always heard Chase was the more talented one of the two, <laughs> the two Kepkas, which was crazy. You know, I've, I've yeah. and you, you keep waiting for him to, to, to come along and that's right. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully this all just sort of helps keep propelling him into the, to the space he deserves. Yeah, absolutely. One of the storylines that I think that, I mean, people haven't really started talking about, but I look forward, I look down the schedule for the rest of the year. And I just started thinking like, Hey, I think it's a 10 day quarantine or a mandatory quarantine for the players after they uh, get COVID-19 Just start looking at the schedule as it gets stacked here towards the end of the year. And it's like, do a lot of these players just say, Hey, I'm not going to play the, the two or three events leading up to major. Like I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to practice. I'm going to stay away from everything because a lot of this is probably out of your control of, of getting it. So do I just stay away from some of these other tournaments, but you've got like the WGC in Memphis. That's, you know, the week before the first uh, major. And I know a lot of people are going to be playing in that. So I know it's interesting take, because if you get it that week in Memphis, you can't play at the PGA next week. And can you imagine that? And, and listen, like the testing is still suspect because you know, Ricky Elliott, you know, Brooks's ca- uh, caddy, he got, he got, he tested positive, but then he took three tests afterwards, which were all negative. So, I mean, they all did a great thing of just, Hey, we're leaving. We're going back home. Brooks even got another haircut from Jenna. Uh, I saw on Instagram and it's like, okay, they're doing their part. They're all quarantining. But can you imagine the uproar if you tested positive and then you had three tests that were negative, but it meant you couldn't play in a major the next week. I mean, that's where you start Oof. getting into like gray area where people will probably be a little upset about it. Right. Yeah. But so. again, that's also, that's also all of this that goes back to nobody knows how to live in all this. Yep. And you, you got to create a schedule because you have to have a schedule. You have to have rules because you have to have rules. You have to have regulation, you know, so all of this is going to be, this is going to be a moving target from here on out. And I mean, you know, it just, it, it, as a fan, 
as an observer, it's all fascinating and interesting. And I hope, I hope we get to the situation where we, we have to understand who's playing this week because they don't want to play before a major, because that means we might get to a major. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, I can know, you right? imagine, <laughs> right? Like let's, let's like just keep processing. And then if we get to a major and we're playing a major, what does that like, if you win a major championship in 2020, <laughs> what, what that's pretty in the midst of COVID we're going to be handing out a major championship. Wow. Good for yeah. golf. If that happens. Hard to believe I'd be happy to see it. So we're going to open up a new segment on this episode. Uh, I'm going to call it meme dreams. Okay. These are things that just pop up over the, the, um, <laughs> over the course of a week that just write themselves as, as jokes. And one of them, you know, is kind of more of something that could be more of a serious topic, but I'm going to start with this. So yesterday, Fox news, it was announced that they're no longer going to cover uh, the U S open. It's going to go over to NBC. Um, and you know, it's funny, it's been a huge topic of debate whether or not Fox had a good broadcast of the U S open. And there's a lot of, a uh, lot of takes on this in, in most of them are like, Hey, that's great news. This is finally good news in 2020. We can move past Fox news. Um, <laughs> I know Joe, you have a pretty passionate take on this. Why don't we hear what your, what your thoughts are on it? Listen, Janela, you know, I love my people at NBC. I love them. Okay. I've got no ill will. Uh, I think, I think what Joe Buck came out and said was the most fair statement that could have been made. And that is the broadcast team at NBC universal is probably more talented than having, you know, Joe Buck and, and Azinger. Azinger is a great broadcaster, but, but the, you know, the combo at NBC with Jim Nance, and Mike Tirico and all of those guys, I mean, just, just top notch. They've been doing it a long time. Very good. But the innovation that Fox brought into the U.S. Open, the use of drones, they did a really good job with, you know, um, Top Tracer and like having that implemented into their broadcast and showing you an overview in a way that, that kind of revolutionized the way that we watch golf, I think made for a really enjoyable change of pace from the golf that you watch on TV every single week. And so I, I you know, I'm, I'm thrilled for NBC, I think they'll do a phenomenal job with the broadcast, but I also want to walk away giving props to Fox for the way that I feel that, that they improved the viewing experience in, in a number of ways. And so that's, that's my take on this this week. That's fair. Um, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I'll just say this. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that they did some things that pushed those boundaries and made it more interesting to watch in different areas. I just felt the people calling the actual event weren't really cut, you know, they, they weren't cut from that same cloth of what you'd get from another broadcast network. I don't think that it was really enjoyable to watch the post round interviews. I don't think it was good to the call during the, the actual tournament. And I think a lot of people had those same sentiments, but that was just me personally with how I felt. Um, so I'm happy about that, but I, I do think that, you know, they did some things good. So I'll give them that. I think that, and I think his quote, what he left out with was probably spot on. Yeah. Well, the big, a couple things. My first of all, um, it's what's sad about this is you have a major network sucking out a big chunk of investment into the game of golf. So what was good about Fox coming into golf is you had another network, another flow of money being poured into the game. 2015 was 
I mean, it, that was a disaster uh, yeah. in a lot of levels. It was like, uh, I, I couldn't, couldn't believe what I was watching and I felt really bad for everybody involved. You know, it was just like across the board. However, from that point forward, all they did was, to your point, Joe, they made adjustments and there was, there was a lot of good people involved. And <clears throat> this is all, this is just a, this is a big money, money thing. And um, I have a lot of very close friends at NBC, the golf channel always will. And um, there's part of me that's, you know, happy for NBC and golf channel. There's, there's part of me that's like actually really bummed that for the game of golf, because I think having more networks and more sort of more energy towards the game is a good thing. So yeah. this was, you know, and I, and I have friends at Fox too. So this, it's kind of, it's, I, I don't, th you know, it's not a, it's not, it's a very layered thing on a lot of levels and net net, you know, um, NBC, I think, you know, that they are, there's a lot of pros putting, putting together a broadcast there. At the end of the day, we have now a bigger pool of talent on all levels of production to pull from and just less places for them to work, which is not necessarily a good thing. You know, hopefully yeah. the, the end result will be, it comes at a weird time because golf channel and, and NBC just like essentially just purged everybody. And now they're adding and it's an odd time. It's an odd timing thing. But at the end of the day, it's all going to get worked out. Um, I think Fox pushed a lot of people to think different about golf production, which is a good thing. And um, and I think, you know, there's everybody's pushing golf production to get better. Every, I mean, you can't – Twitter is nearly impossible to follow at this point uh, during a final round <laughs> because yeah. it's so uh, critique-y and it's to the point where it's, it can't even, you know – um, so there's plenty of that now. <laughs> we got sure. enough of that. Um, it's it's a, it's a, it was a, it's overall. I think it's mostly a bummer, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You should just put Tony Romo up in the booth with uh, Joe Buck. Maybe add a little bit. You know, I'm not going to miss Joe Buck. I'll be honest with you. I'll be really <laughs> honest with you. Um, uh, I'm certainly you know I know Holly Saunders has been gone, but that 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 was not a good thing. That was not good. I mean, you know, there was some hits and misses, you know, but yeah. ultimately at the end, eventually, you know, last year's <clears throat> started getting good, started getting good. This was, yeah. a, this, this, this never made much sense financially. Let's be honest. You know, yeah. that was a huge commit of money that they were never going to ever get back. So, yeah. Um, well, USGA given 2020 and everything we've gone through, I mean, I watched the U S open this year on any network, you know, just to, I'll be happy to watch it. So hopefully yeah. we just get, yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, then it go, then we yeah. go back to that. Are we going to have it? Great. Yeah. 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 So, so, so other, I think that was know, well put Matt. I appreciate that perspective. I think, I think I'm just going to let you speak from here on. Cause I think you have a lot more wisdom. Than <laughs> no, I mean, listen, that's, a, that's a perspective though, that is so impactful and meaningful for the game of golf that yeah. I would have never even thought about, you know what I mean? Like I just think about the broadcast and my viewership, like enjoyment. I don't think about the bigger broad you know, scale of the game and the growth of the game and, and you're dead on. I mean, that's a really yeah. good point. No, it's a bad, it was, it, it's a, it's tech it, in a big scheme of things. It's not a good day for golf that Fox is out. That's not good. Yeah. Um, 
So moving into more lighthearted stuff, um, my my main man Patrick Reed the week before last when he was playing at RBC. Um, <laughs> my main marriage. man Patrick Reed yeah. said no one ever. <laughs> so so Patrick Reed hits his tee ball uh, to the right and he's in the woods. Kepka hits his tee ball right down the middle. He's in the middle of the fairway. Daniel Berger hits his ball to the left side of the fairway. Berger walks. Probably over how many, how yards. many, yeah, I was going to say how many I, yards in between the balls? All, I didn't even know this. I just right, saw trees him, left. I rough. just saw the picture of Berger staring down Patrick Reed. And I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. But then when I saw arms the crossed PGA tour, you know, shot location stuff, Berger walked over a hundred yards to go to the woods and watch Patrick Reed with his arms folded, like mess with his golf ball to like, make sure, you know, make sure he wasn't cheating. And that, that to me was like, okay, there is a really big issue where people don't trust this guy. I mean, obviously he's had his issues and stuff, but like that on national TV went all over the, I mean, that was honestly, that meme was, you know, it wrote itself. It was shared over 50,000 times. So people really enjoyed it, but it was like, that was just crazy that that happened. So, I mean, this, this Daniel Berger just I get, don't give a you- shit and just like, Hey, I'm going to go over and check this out because I care. Cause I don't think a lot of players would do that. I got to tell you, before you even jump into this part of the conversation, you owe Patrick Reed a big fat commission check for PGA memes. That guy has made your page what it is. <laughs> he's a big part. Yeah. Well, he just, he looked, man. He is he just, your main man, Patrick Reed. <laughs> he's my main man. I wasn't kidding. But he, I mean, at the end of the day, like these guys go out there and they go about their business and whether that's good or bad. You know, Tiger obviously is good for golf. Anytime I post even a funny meme about Tiger doing something positive, the engagements through the roof, right? The tiger effect. There's the Patrick Reed effect too, where it's like, Hey, like, and he continues to just do things that are kind of boneheaded. And it, not like he did anything wrong there. I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, but it was just the fact that the, the players on tour, his peers don't trust him. So he had, well, they had know, to walk you, over a hundred yards to go make sure that he doesn't cheat. You know how we know he didn't do anything wrong? Cause Daniel Berger went over and, and made sure, on you know what I mean? Like, man that, of the people. That, like, I mean, you know, but that, that's, you know, he's earned that Patrick Reed has earned that. That's, you know, that's until further notice, isn't that going to be kind of what always is going to be the case with Patrick Reed? I mean, I, you know, yeah. the boy to get labeled a cheat in the game of golf is um, that's the ultimate that's the ultimate on the other end of the spectrum, you know, tramp champion integrity, you know, um, uh, you know, someone, a role model leader. And then the other end is cheater. I don't know what else. There's a lot of other things in between, but that, you know, that's where Patrick Reed is going to live for eternity. You know, that's just it. And you, a lot of people will say winning heals everything and, and all this stuff. And, and it doesn't in golf. I mean, cause Patrick's continued to be a top player in, in the world. He's in the top 10 rankings. He's made all the, the teams for the U S and he just won recently. And it's, it's just like, it doesn't go away, you know? And I, would, would you, would you invite him on your buddy's trip? No, no, no. At the no. core of it all. All you have to ask yourself is, would you invite the guy on your buddy's trip? He would be, no one would ever invite that guy on a buddy's trip yeah yeah he's a cheater yeah 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 well no, in the in the in the <laughs> age of content that we have today 
you know, it won't be long till we have a rules official rolling around with a GoPro on his chest, just following Patrick Reed with the Reed cam. You know? <laughs> with the Reed cam. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, obviously he's got a problem. Honestly, he's got a problem. He's got like some sort of glitch where he justifies whatever it is that he thinks he can do or should do in order to try to whatever. It's a weird, that's a weird thing yeah. to know the cameras on you yeah. and just like, uh, well, I don't care. Yeah. That's, no, it's, that's, it's, that's weird. It's interesting. And it just keeps happening. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, he'll probably win another event and be the one that we don't want him to win, but something else will happen again where, you know, he just hits the headlines for the wrong reason. And it's just, you're right. I don't think that any of his peers will earn back that respect from him. I don't think it just seems like too, that he doesn't care. Like there's no accountability there where he's, Hey, I made a dumb judgment mistake. No, I shouldn't no, have done no. that. It's just excuse no, after mean, excuse. He'd have to mea culpa and be like, I've got a problem. I'm getting help. I'm getting some therapy. I, I get into those moments. I, I saw the footage. I can't believe I did that. I What is my problem? I'm a, yeah. I'm a cheater. He would have to literally say, I'm a cheater and I'm working on it. And yeah. I promise to never, ever do it again and then never do it again. And then yeah. maybe 50 yeah. years from now. We'll be like, wow, he did have a 50-year stretch without cheating. So, yeah. you know. Hey, the guy owned up to it. And he <laughs> Good for then, him. The, yeah. the, thing that's, the thing that I find incredible is, is there's somewhere, there's some kind of, and maybe it's just that of incredibly respectable men on the PGA Tour. Uh, but, but, you know, you look back at the week after when they go to, to the Cup last year and – Webb Simpson comes up and is like undeserved, undeserved. You know, you have guys who come out and have his back and are like, "Hey." And Webb is one of the best people on the PGA Tour. No, I know. I know. And and I know. but then you have your Daniel Berger, who's like, "Yo, my eyes are on you like a hawk, and I'm not moving until that ball is in the air." Yeah. Where is that disconnect, and how well, do you? How does that work in a team dynamic and atmosphere like a Ryder Cup? Well, the team had to do what they had to do. That I, I give Webb, you know, it's I give Webb a pass on two counts. A, he's just a really nice guy, and, yeah. and B, you know, it's a t- it was a team. You know, like as soon as if if Patrick, the mistake was allowing Patrick to go be a part of that team. So now, if he's part of that team, you got you only have one choice. He's our team. He's our team member, and you got to yeah. have, well, you know, either you're going in with them to try to win as a team. Or he should have been on the team in the first place. So once he's on the team, now you got to – there was only one way to go there. What are you going to be, the guy who says, I don't want to play with Patrick? Now what kind of teammate are you? Now yeah. you're a bad teammate because of him. So, you know, I, I, the, that was the biggest mistake was that he was that he was brought, you know. Um, and so I don't know. It, it's, no, I, um, I agree. I mean, I think like Tiger having that be his first um, – being for captain for the first time, I almost – expect because tiger's so competitive right like i almost could exp- and he had a lot of other players to choose from that were on the cusps um kevin na was one of them that won like three times in that yep. 18 month span and it was like i kind of almost expected tiger to just make a call to patrick and say hey listen there's a lot of heat on you that was a big mistake and it was at his event you know he could have been like listen i'm gonna ask you to step aside because you know for me and for our country like we need to go in with a team with no distractions and at that point it's tiger you know, laying down the disciplinary actions on him when the PGA tour probably should have been the ones that did, but you know, and I don't think tiger wants to be that guy making that decision. No. And tigers, by the way, you know, there's been several moments in tiger's history of some, some, 
you know, favorable rulings because he's Tiger Woods. Now, again, Tiger's had the camera on him his whole career, his whole life, the whole situation. So drops and, you know, but, you know. I mean, you can't Tiger, forget that drop at Augusta that rolled Tiger back in the water. Tiger took a funny, tr- funny drop, and they changed the rules so he could keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or they, they, they exercised a, a, essentially a rule that said, you know what, at the end of the day, we actually make all the calls here, so we're going to say that he can play. But that would, you know what I mean? It was a weird, that whole thing was weird. But, um, yeah, Patrick Reed is. He's got a little bit of an uphill battle, I think, right? So. Oh, I mean, he's really good at golf. He really is going to go off. He doesn't need, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the home thing. He doesn't need to cheat. No, he no, might be the best match play player there's ever been. I mean, yeah, he is. He's gonna, it blows he's my gonna, mind. Yeah. He should, he should play for team Patrick. He, he's probably, he should just be team Patrick Reed for going forward and not like just to have a, be alone on an Island. Right. <laughs> well, let's, let's move to our out of bounds segment. Four! I want to talk to that uh, wasn't you, out of bounds. That, wasn't that was the not other. out of bounds. That was not out of bounds. <laughs> believe it or not. So I'm going to hit something that's close to home to you. You've been all over the place and played the most incredible courses. You know, this I'd like to speak to, to that too. I, I, listen, Janela, I, I have to tell you, I sit here on this podcast. We've become friends over the past few years. You know, we we're one of the first guys that I met when we started Brian Bros. And I've never said this to you, I don't think. So I, I'm excited. I, when I saw this on the list, I was like, I want to make sure that I say this out loud. I grew up in high school, uh, in college, uh, following your Instagram, looking at it, going, what does this guy do for a living? And how do I get to do that? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the fact that I'm sitting here right now on this podcast with you, the fact that, that we've, we've built some of a relationship and, and all of that is so exciting to me. And when I look at this, you know, you, there is nobody that I would consider the foremost leading expert more than you on what an ultimate bros trip looks like. Oh, wow. I just want well, you that, to know that. I, I like. Well, thank and so you. I would, that feels. That was very nice. That was very <laughs> sweet. It doesn't feel out of bounds at all in this one. No, right? <laughs> not at all. Yeah. No, it. but I would. I would agree with. I would agree with that. I mean, I've I've definitely followed along for a long time, and like I get the opportunity to travel, you know, once a year or so with a with a small group to go either you know overseas or just here domestically to play some great courses and stuff. And I, our mindset of where we go and the path we take <laughs> is a lot shaped from the stuff that you've done. You know, and I think obviously you have an influence over a lot of people that follow, you know, the journeys you've taken and the trips that you've, that you've done. And, and you just recently came back from, from Band and Dunes, correct? Were you there just, was it last month? Yeah, June, I was at the end of May and uh, through the first, I was there end of May through the June, you know, 5th or 6th. I was for the Sheep Ranch opening was June 1st, that that Mm -hmm. official opening. So um it got in there you know took it was a day of travel it was crazy to get there and then was there for five days and then a day day getting home so yeah you've had a lot i mean you just launched your podcast which is awesome i got my hat it's actually my favorite hat i love that yes. and yes. so your so your kid designed that logo too is that correct yeah our daughter uh she you know the, the, it, i the, the whole podcast was literally born out of quarantine you know i didn't i did i i i thought i was going to always have a podcast but it was going to be a byproduct of my travel so as i traveled i would meet people 
and try to get a podcast with them on on the road or and through the interviews. I've always said people say, "Oh, do you, do you ever done a podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's called an interview." You know, like I don't know. Like I always, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I've done thousands of podcasts." You know, I've got all this tape or you know notebooks filled with information that you'd end up whittling, whittling down and using 10% of it for a story and you'd write a story or you'd tell a story of some sort. So for me, I was like, uh, you know, we're quarantined two weeks into the quarantine and I fixed all the stuff around the house and I was just sort of idly by. And, and I thought, well, how do you, uh, what, what, if I were to do a podcast, what would it be? And then, you know, I don't even listen to many podcasts to be totally honest with you. It depends if I'm on the road or if I'm doing something, then I'll, or if I get directed to something, you know, social media will link me to some, I'm like, Oh, okay. I got to listen to that. Sure. But Except for Shane happens, right? You weekly. Yeah. Yes. He's an avid listener. <laughs> avid. And, uh, but my thing was, is like, how do I go? How do I do it a little different? So then it was like, Oh, I would want to tell a story. Cause again, the baseline of everything I try to do, whether it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes is to tell a story. I, I just want, I want to, that to me seems like at the core of, of what I'm trying to accomplish will always be my focus. And so then it was like, if I tell a story, what it would be, who would that story, what were the story? And I made a list and I had like 35 ideas and I was like, well, all right, let's go. And I, and I just sort of, I bought this little zoom. I, I, I mean, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing. I swear to God, I have no well, idea. Hey, we're like, right there with you too. Same thing. We're in the same I, yeah, there you, go. <laughs> um, you know, and now I'm episode, you know, I'm episode 13 into this thing and it's, you know, I'm having a blast. I love it. I love the organization of bites. It's kind of like, and I still only use a portion of what we get, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still trying to keep it to 30 minutes. I've gone longer than that because sometimes it just warrants it. And, you know, mm -hmm. at that point, it's if I if it meant, but I'm I'm having a blast and um and and one, two parts of these thirteen episodes was on the building of Bandon. So I I actually released those as I was headed to Bandon, which was also kind of a cool thing, uh, is to really get to, to get to the heart of how this place came to be. I and mean, think about that, 1999, yeah. not that long ago. No. And golf in America has changed forever because of the opening of Bandon Dunes. Um, yeah. And that was a really cool story to tell. I know a lot of the people involved and that was a really, really special thing to be able to get to the heart of. So, yeah, um, that place is incredibly special to me. I've been there about half a dozen times and I'm like, I said, I'm going there in two weeks and just super excited about it to go check out sheep ranch. And I mean, there hasn't been a time where I've been there where I've been disappointed and you can walk off yeah. shooting 78 or 108 and you're not, mad i mean you're just you just enjoy yeah. your time and you're in the caddies the 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 people that are working there the hospitality everything about it top to bottom is just such a great experience i mean it's just such a special place well they they, they put everybody they put everybody on notice and for golf in america which if you hear if you listen to the podcast david kidd you know he's in his mid mid 20s and he comes over and from scotland and he you know in his mind he wasn't building anything different than what he's ever seen Mm -hmm. It's just, we didn't, haven't seen it here. You know, true links golf, true links golf didn't exist <laughs> yeah. until 1999 at Bandon Dunes in America. That's, I mean, for the most part, right. You can, you, you know, you can, you can, there are a handful of, but most of them are private. So, so mm -hmm. for Bandon Dunes to be open and, and sort of serve notice to everybody, you know, I played multiple rounds on this last trip. I think I had two and a half rounds using the same golf ball. Now, where else can you go 
and play, you know, you're going to go to Kiowa and play the same golf ball. Are you going to no. go like, are you, you going to go anywhere? <laughs> like where, where are you going to go where you can, you can hit it and find it and keep playing. Now, you, again, you might not, you might not shoot, you know, I'm an eight handicap. If I shoot 78, that's a, that's a good round. I can shoot 78 at the courses of Bandon Dunes from the green tees in a 25 mile an hour wind. They're still playable. They're still scorable. They, you can find the golf ball. They're not overly penal. It's, it's, it's an adventure. There's options. There's strategy. There's, you know, it's an accordion of fun, long, short, you know, it's just, and then, and then there's the variety, not only in the holes, but in the courses themselves. So all to think that they just added sheep ranch, a bill core and Ben Crenshaw design layered on top of what was the doke and the Urbina sort of, you know, fun fest that was the original 13 greens. So you put Bill and Ben on top of that. No, no bunkers. So it's grass bunkers, no sand on the whole place. Nine greens along the coastline, along the Oregon coastline. On top of maybe the best opening hole, not only on property, but like in the country, like on top of Pacific, Bandon, Trails, Old Mac, Preserve, and the Punch Bowl. On top of this year, the Sheep Ranch just opened. Yeah. That's at the same place that you can access with a shuttle. Yeah. By a very nice shuttle driver. That is crazy. <laughs> that happened this year. I mean, yeah. hey, it's what? it's nuts. Remind me, remind me what your son's name is again. Uh Bandon. <laughs> That's why. You see that passion? That dude. <laughs> Bandon. But you know, uh, you know, he's living up to that name. You know, we, we that that name, Bandon, there's a Bandon golf club in Ireland. We've taken baby band into both Bandon Dunes in Oregon and Bandon in Ireland. So that's amazing. There, there, you know, there is a guy that came from in the late 1800s. Guy came from Bandon, Ireland. Lord Bennett, he declared himself a lord. Came to the southwest coast of Oregon, settled the town of Bandon. Okay, and there's a. I'm telling this story at some point, so I'm not going to give it all away. But the, he he settles the town of Bandon, which eventually becomes you know Bandon Dunes. We've traced the lineage all the way back to the Bandon Golf Club with Baby Bandon and got, you know, had this amazing day at the Bandon Golf Club in Ireland with Baby Bandon touring the golf course wow. with, with, with um, the Lord Bandon's castle overlooking the fifth fairway. I mean, it's, so that, you know, That's I awesome. love it because of Bandon Dudes, but my wife loved the whole lineage of the name and what it means. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. no, Baby yeah. B is, is, is my guy. And you're going awesome. to tell that full story on your podcast? Yeah, I'm gonna. Okay. I, that's coming on sort of this whole lineage of the, of the name, and as it relates to the name of our son and the whole thing. It's pretty. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. two things to take away from Janella's story there. One, uh, from here on out, you will refer to me as Lord Gilliland. That will be my name. <laughs> um, I've dubbed myself that. And and secondly, go check out. Maginella's podcast because that story is going to be an awesome one. And I can't yeah, wait gonna, to hear I'm looking day. forward to that one. Yeah. So yeah. your point about Bandon not losing a ball. I mean, I, I I usually go there with a group of friends who are much better than me, and I'll get smoked all the time playing them. You know, straight up. We we went to go play uh, in Wisconsin um, last year and played. And you know, I same same thing. I didn't lose a ball. I think I lost one ball the whole trip. Um, you know, it was more open. But I love the when the wind is up, like 
you can literally be hitting into it was eight at, at Bandon Dunes where you're you could literally be yeah. hitting a I've, I think I've hit a driver there once. It's like 165 yard par three. We've had wind into our face so fierce before. We're like you're hitting a three wood or a driver and like you're 12 at Bandon Dunes. Which one? The 12, yeah, it's a 12. 12. Sorry. Okay, yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you're, yeah. when you're at 12 at Bandon Dunes, I mean, you've literally seen people hit a driver or a three wood there with the wind in your face. <laughs> it's just so nasty. Or you could be hitting a wedge, you know, on a yeah. calm day. So it's, but it's like, to me, it's like an advantage for me where, you know, not being as skilled as a player as some of the people in my group but you can just be creative and, you know, get a good balance or good kick and stuff. And it just makes golf way more enjoyable. Yeah. It's, you know, that's that. And so that's the thing about the sheep ranch that, that I'm going to, you know, I played it once in the morning and there was no wind Mm -hmm. and I played it once in the afternoon and it was about 25. It was like a two to three club wind. So the 16th hole, what you'll see is one of it's an epic, epic, uh, you know, experience to play to this, this green that's on that point. And, um, and one, I hit a nine iron and a five iron. So nine iron in the morning and five iron in the, in the afternoon. Wow. Now in both cases, it was playable. So for me, the, the difference between old Mac, which is unprotected and can, can be literally unplayable in the windy conditions, it kind of gets silly, right? When you get mm-hmm. four or five club wins, golf is, it, it, you can still play, but it's, it's becomes pretty silly, right? The, the ball's just, when you're spinning, it's going everywhere and it's not stopping on the greens, which is also part of the problem. And especially on undulating, crazy undulating sheep ranch to me is cozy. It's compact. It's an easier walk than old Mac. It's, it's more playable. Even it's going to get really windy in the afternoons at the sheep ranch. Okay. But I, I think Bill and Ben by making no bunkers, making it as compact as it is, and making the greens bigger and 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 flatter than sort of old Mac, it's still going to be playable. The, that's why I love Band and Dunes, the golf course, mm-hmm. so much, is because no matter what the conditions are, it's going to be fun, even in when it's crazy wind. Pacific Dunes gets really hard in the wind. Yeah. It's you know it, it it it's it's tough. It's a tougher golf course. Um, old Mac is unplayable in the wind. Uh, but I think Sheep Ranch and Band and Dunes are still going to be, and Band and Trails is great when it's the wind because you get back in those trees. So mm-hmm. I tell everybody in the afternoon, you got three options. For me, it's Band and it's Trails and it's Sheep Ranch. Uh, play Old Mac and the Sheep Ranch um, and, and Pacific Dunes in the morning, ideally, ideally, yeah. if you're going to yeah. toggle your itinerary that way. Um, so that would be, that would just be a little bit of a tip. Yeah, I've played Pacific pretty much mostly in the afternoon and it's tough. I mean, tough. I, that's a, I have not posted a good number there ever, even when I've been playing really well. And it's, tough. it's just, it's tough, man. It's a tough course for sure. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Doke is relentless, you know, and I've, I get a lot of heat for it, but you know, I've, I, I, I think he's a genius. He obviously is a, as a master architect, well researched and, and understands it all, but I just, it boggles my mind sometimes that he decides to grass certain greens. I'm like, what? This to me doesn't seem finished. It needs, mm-hmm. it needs to be softened. If I, I do believe that if Tom Doak softened 20 to 30% of his greens, so, you know, essentially three to five greens on every golf course, if he softened a little bit, some of those greens, mm-hmm. he would be as good as I think he thinks he is. But because <laughs> of that, it, you know, I'll always lean towards the, the core Crenshaw because I think they're just so much more thoughtful in terms of not only, you know, 
how we play it on a day-to-day basis, but also how we play it when it's our second 18 of the day or when it's 30 to 40 mile an hour winds or when the green speeds yeah. get up to be 10 and 11, which, you know, Terra Edie, I went to Terra Edie, everyone's like, Terra Edie, Terra Edie, that top. It was unplayable. We played yeah. it on a day where it was 25 mile winds, winds, ball never stopped. Yeah. Ball never stopped. The ball would just keep rolling around on the green. And it was like, oh, that's, that that's a flaw. That's a flaw to me. Yeah. Is that genius? Yeah. That sucks to get all the way out there, play that course, and have it be completely unplayable like that. Is that it's good. on the water. Of course there's wind. I mean, you're going yeah, yeah. to yeah. have a lot of wind. Yeah. So what? whose fault is it? Is that my – am I Am I the no. asshole? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Ball not didn't stop all. moving. You know what I mean? Not at all. So would you say domestically then, if a group of buddies are like, hey, we need to do a golf trip. We need to do a bachelor party. Let's go. Let's do something. Is Bandon at the top of your list? I know it's harder to get there, but is it worth it? Is that the place you would send oh, yeah. anyone who asks you that question? It's not for everybody. If, if, if you're a group of guys that love pure golf, that are like, we, we want to play golf and we want to hang out with each other and we want to have the fire pit experience. And if you want to go to strip clubs and play 18 and, and tell your wives you're only you're playing 36 a day, but you want to have a bunch of nightlife options and do the craziness, Bannon's <laughs> not for you. I mean, you yeah, know, that's not the not. place. That's not the place <laughs> to be. If you really are if you really are into like the spirit of the game and the camaraderie that goes with it and trying to maximize. And if, and if you're done with 36 and you want to go play the preserve and then you're going to play the punch bowl and you're going to, and then you're going to the fire pit and you're going to eat food in your golf attire and you're going to go to bed in your golf shoes. You're going to wake up and you might be wearing the same clothes that you played in the day before, because that's what then Bandon is the place for you. It's, you know, there is actually no other place in the world where you can get that level of, quality golf in that kind of setting dedicated solely to the game and the, and the camaraderie that we yearn, yearn for, I would imagine I'm talking to, to, to like-minded guys here where it's just be right. Now Pinehurst has made a significant move and in, in redoing well two and then four and then adding the cradle and, and adding a brewery. And, and uh, I actually really like number eight. And then you get mid pines and pine needles down the street. And I think number three is, underrated and kind of a fun buddies trip course if you're looking for an extra 18 you know so yeah. pinehurst has made a significant move redoing the manor in uh redoing the bar behind the eight, you know 18th green you get that you get the the history of pinehurst so you get apples and oranges there you get you get these two destinations that i think actually keep pushing each other right so yeah. um i think what bandon did was held pinehurst accountable to say you know if you're gonna if you're gonna stay in this conversation, you got to make moves. And Bob Dedman and Tom Pashley and and Don Paget before Pashley have made all those moves. So I think that's one in one A in America in terms of pure golf destination bucket list trips. I think you know the emergence of Sand Valley if and when Doak actually finishes that course to go with Mammoth Dunes and Sand Valley and 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 the 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 short course that they have there. You're gonna you're gonna you know that's a Kaiser property. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to continue to emerge as a multiple course destination. I just got back from Forest Dunes. You got two courses there: the Dope Reversible Routing, plus Tom Weisskopf's course, plus now Riley Keith uh, Reb and Riley John's Par Three course, and they mm-hmm. have room for another one. So, you know, these are uh, the fun is as a we're, we're it's a buyer's market, right, for yeah. us yeah. and. And these places all, I think, keep pushing each other to keep enhancing this experience for us to make it as special as possible. 
and we win. I mean, even the Pebble Beach is now giving the Tiger Woods short course from across the street from Pebble to go with Spyglass and mm-hmm. pop in your bayonet and Black Horse. And, you know, <clears throat> these are high-level stuff. Sea Island redoing their plantation course and, and redoing, um, you know, adding a putting course. You know, the, the, the high-level bucket list trips yeah. uh, are pretty those, amazing. And Forest Dunes is, by the Forest Dunes is a great value, by the way. You can play that, you know, those courses for 100 bucks. So, you know, that, yeah. they're even emerging because it's great value. Yeah, like the punch bowl and part par three court, like all those things, just those added features going with the buddy trip is just so much fun. I mean, I get in Monday, kind of later, we're going to go play preserve, you know, we'll, if we have time, go do some punch bowl, like those things you can do after your normal 18 or 36 holes and it just adds so much more fun to the mix. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So, I mean, outside of sheep branch, I don't know, maybe you include sheep branch. I don't know, but Stacking up all the courses abandoned. I mean, for all the times you've been there, which is a lot, what would be, what's your favorite course just from feel when you're on it, you're just like, this is it. This is my favorite course abandoned. The only way I do this, uh, the only way I play this game is if I say, if you take 10 rounds, how do you break up a 10 round itinerary amongst now the five courses? Um, And for me, it's three at Bandon Dunes and three at Bandon Trails. And then it's two at Sheep Ranch and two at Pacific Dunes. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't need to play Old Mac. Now, I've played it. For someone who hasn't played it, mm-hmm. I would say you're crazy not to play it because some people put it at the top of their list. For me, it's at the bottom of my list. Yeah. Because now Sheep Ranch is actually sort of, I think, a more playable, more fun, more uh, – more awe-inspiring experience um, than than old Mac, you know, and it's it's just it just makes more sense to me, you know. I think people who probably put old Mac at the top of their band and lists are the people who would probably invite Patrick Reed to their buddy's golf trip. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I you know it's just too crazy for me. It's too big. I, I get ADD off the tee. I need some I need some yeah. corridors. I like. You know, it's just too open, and then the greens are too big with too much undulation, and then there's just too much wind in the yeah. summer when I generally go. So, it's all those things add up. I think I think people, some people don't go and don't go play Bandon Trails. Yeah. Bandon Trails to me is one of the most epic routings and walks and experiences. I could go walk that golf course and not play golf and be like, man, that was so great. I love yep. abandoned trails. It's just amazing. You get back there in nine to eight, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, and then emerge onto the 14th tee. And I think they've softened 14 over the years, 15, they've softened, which is a really good 16 is a tough, it's tough. Cause it, it's kind of like the one it, you got to get up there to get out of there, to get out mm-hmm. of that dunes land. And then 17, it's a great hole. And they've softened 18, a bunch over the years. So I just love trails and I love Bandon Dunes. It's just the perfect combination of fun and fair and beautiful and sunset on that coastline when you're playing 15, 16 is like uh, my ashes one day will be behind the 16th green. And, um, I, you know, that it's very spiritual to me. So three and three for me, Pacific Dunes is, I have so much respect for Pacific Dunes. It's always like number two public course in the country for me behind mm-hmm. Pebble. It's a beautiful design. Uh, I do think, you know, some of the greens are, you know, a little crazy. 16, you know, I just, it's almost unplayable now that, you know, um, so hard and so small and <laughs> it's yeah. a mess. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's, I give it a lot of respect and, um, 
And, and I think the sheep ranch to me, I've only played it twice. Now I've walked it. So right now I go three, three, two, two, zero for the five change for me. Yeah. 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 Could it could evolve. Well, I'm excited to check it out. It's good to get your insight on it. I know that's a special place to you and you've been there more times than most people ever will. So Joe, you'll get out there one day. I promise, man. So Joe, poor Joe. This has been a really, really just, you know, fascinating input from my side. Yeah. Joe's Uh, just got a lot of takes on Bandon right now. Yeah. Let me take it more about a place that you've never played. (laughs) I got, I got to tell you, I, one thing I do walk away with is I walk away going in. First of all, Machinella knows more about, golf courses, golf course lineages, history of golf than anybody I know probably, which is awesome. And two, I now am convinced that as we start to do some of these content shoots coming out of COVID that I'm going to be calling you on a consistent basis going, Hey, where am I going? (laughs) So, you know, I, I do get that. That's the question I get the most, you know, whether it's DMing or, or any form of, of any time I'm seeing, so where should I go next? You know, and I will say, I, I, I've, I take it very seriously. My, my goal is try to make sure that it's not, it's not necessarily a fit for me and my group. It's what is a good fit for you and your group. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, from a handicap standpoint, from a budget standpoint, from a, you know, uh, from a priority standpoint, you know, that I, cause I know that it means so much to people, these four or five days that you've squirreled away to get away from in you're taking time from your family and your life and your priorities and all the other stuff that's going on. I, I have always taken it very seriously and, and to say that I'm trying to help you find a place that works for, for you and your group or you and your wife or you and your kids or you, you know, whatever it is. And that's why I don't just go back back. I always have to say, okay, what's your budget? What are your priorities? What's your, because Bandit isn't for everybody. Pinehurst isn't for everybody. You know, uh, Big Cedar Lodge in Missouri isn't for everybody, but it's for a lot of people. And I try to celebrate, you know, Forest Dunes isn't for everybody, but yeah. it's for a lot of people um, yeah. and for a lot of reasons. So I, I, I try to celebrate the places that did it right. And I tend to ignore the places who I don't think have it right. And sometimes I'll be very honest with them offline and say, look, I think you need to make changes here. This is a mis- yeah. you're making mistakes. Hey, if well, they don't take that advice, they're missing out because you you know this I, I space. Yeah, I, well, I try. I try. And we appreciate you taking the time to join us. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I'm excited to get out to Bandon. I'll let you know how it goes. And the uh, sheep ranch isn't at 45 mile per hour winds when we're playing it. I don't, I, don't, I don't have the control of the itinerary, so I don't know exactly what time we got off there, but we'll see. Yeah. Summer winds are, are tough. You're not going to get any rain but you'll get a lot of afternoon wind. And if you, and if you get a day without wind, maximize as much golf as you can get, just keep playing. If you can get a summer day with no wind, you have, you have struck gold. You have won a bit of a, of a golf trip lottery. Yeah. Start early and don't stop. <laughs> I hope I get so one good. of those days. Yeah. We're there for yeah. five yeah. days. Hopefully get one of those. That'd be nice. Yes. I need it. Yes. So. yes. Fingers crossed. So everybody, if you haven't checked out Matt's podcast, The Fire Pit, go check it out. He's got incredible guests, incredible stories, and the upcoming story with the the abandoned lineage. I'm excited to hear all that. It's gonna be great. So yeah. thanks again, Matt. We appreciate you, man. Good luck the rest hey, of the dude, year. Good to see you, brother. Thanks for always hopping good, on. Always good to see you, Joe Trav. Thank you for everything, boys. Appreciate you. And keep doing the great work that you're doing. Keep keep making me laugh because uh, <laughs> we need it. We need it. We need it now more than ever. I'll tell you that much. All right, we'll keep bringing the heat, man. We appreciate you, man. Take care. (laughs) All right, right, be good. See you. See you.
All right. That was awesome to have Matt Janella join us to talk all things golf, especially band and dunes. I'm super excited to be going there in a couple of weeks. You got me really fired up, super stoked to get on sheep ranch and, and check that out. It's just a true test of golf and just such a great time. So let's head over to the 19th hole and uh, catch up with Nate to talk about defending his title this week in Detroit and uh, what he's been up to. All right, so hey, we're joined with returning champion for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Nate Lashley. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I uh, was taking a week off back in Scottsdale, trying to survive the heat and getting ready for uh, Detroit in a week. Ready to defend the title? You got you ready to go or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, you never know until you get out there and start playing. You never know what the week's going to you know, hold, what how your game's going to be a lot of times, but I I mean, I feel I feel good. My body feels pretty good and you know, hopefully next week it goes well again. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, absolutely. we'll get into some questions because, I mean, the story is incredible um, of you taking down that tournament and becoming champion and, and so forth. But obviously going in that week this year, a lot more good vibes and good memories and less challenges, I guess, and hurdles to overcome, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, this year I know I'm in the tournament, so um, <laughs> they qualify. Uh so yeah, there's definitely less hurdles and uh, you know a little more. Um, I don't know, a little more ease going into the tournament. But I'm also you know looking forward. But I also want to play well, so I also I have those kind of nerves and and that uh, mentality going as well. Because you know I played so well there last year, it's it's kind of hard to. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to play that well again on that course, obviously. But you never know. We'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, so so walk me through that because because you alluded to it a little bit, but you you went out and actually tried to Monday qualify for this event last year that you ended up winning, correct? Yeah. And and you did not you did not successfully get through the Monday qualifier? No, no, I was an alternate. I think I was the third alternate going into, you know, on Sunday. So usually you sign up for the Monday qualifier, you know, just in case you don't get in. Usually pretty easily you know at least three to five alternates get in because a lot of guys sign up and withdraw for tournaments but that okay. week there were three so um i was the last guy in the field so i did play the monday qualifier i played i remember playing well on the monday but it took you know six or seven under and i think i was only four or five under mm-hmm. but uh you know i just kind of hung around played a practice on tuesday and then heard wednesday that i was in the tournament so it was a uh, you know a a weight off my shoulders because I felt like I'd been playing well and, and really wanted to get into the tournament because I because I I like the course too it fit my game well. So that means that means that you literally saw the course one time before tournament play, correct? Yeah, yeah. I played a practice round Tuesday. Um, Wednesday was a pro am day, so I wasn't in the pro am. So I saw. Yeah, I played eighteen holes before. Yeah. And then you went on. Remind me what you shot in the tournament to to go on and win this. Uh, I, sh- I was 25 under par. Yeah, I mean, not oh only gosh. did you win, but you, you, you won by six strokes. I mean, you ran away. I mean, opening round 63 and then, you know, you come back 67, but shoot another 63 in round three. So, I mean, it was like, I mean, what, at what point during the, the week where you're like, all right, I'm in the driver's seat. This is the tournament that like the only way I lose is if I get in my own way. Uh, you know, I don't know if I ever had that feeling, I guess, until basically maybe the last couple holes of the tournament because you're first trying to get your first PJ Tour win. There's all kinds of things going through your mind. You know, six-shot lead, I going into the final round, that's not something, you know, I think that's 
maybe only happened a couple times on the PJ tour. I'm not sure how many times it's happened that somebody's lost a six shot lead. So you definitely don't want to, you want to be uh, on that side of history <laughs> there. So, you know, I was definitely nervous, but you know, the first round I was just happy to get in. I took advantage of it. That first round came out shot 63 on Thursday. And then, you know, I was leading the tournament. So I wanted to play well the next day on Friday to kind of keep the momentum going. So I was same kind of thing. I was a little nervous on Friday, but I got off to a good start. I think I ended up shooting maybe five under in the second round. And then Saturday is kind of the same thing. You know, I, I you know, I was in the lead, I was in the final group. You're gonna have a lot of nerves, especially like I said, when it's your first trying to get your first PJ tour win. And also I was hanging right around that. I think going in that week I was like 126 in FedEx Cup points. So yeah. I was inside the FedEx Cup bubble, you know, and and wanted to get inside of that. So you want to play well on Saturday and and everything just Everything just went right on Saturday. Even, you know, I was telling a lot of people, I hit a lot of good shots, a lot of good wedges close, hit a lot of fairways. But even on the, you know, whatever, I don't know how many bad shots I hit that day, but even the bad shots didn't end up all that bad. And I always had, you know, a chance to either recover or make a par. So it's just one of those weeks. It was a dream week. And, you know, and I'm hoping for another one of those soon. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's incredible, that's right. man. I mean, that, just the fact that you were not in and then you get in, and you just go out and play like that. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, I remember seeing the highlights on the PGA Tours Instagram, and I'm just like, this guy is hitting everything close, and he's making everything. It was just like the hole was, you know, monster size for you. So, I, look, I mean, amazing to go back. I mean, you've played a couple events now post-COVID um, and the layoff with no fans. I mean, what's the feel been for you and for the other players you know, navigating your way through the tour, relaunching. I mean, are you, I mean, obviously going to any tournament and defending your title, you got to be excited, but what's the, what's the feel been overall for you and the other players? I mean, it's been different for sure. You know, obviously you don't have any grandstands out there. You know, there's no fan, <clears throat> no fans. Um, you know, especially the first event in Dallas at Colonial, there was, you know, just volunteers out there, you know, so it was really quiet. You know, it was kind of peaceful, but at the same time, it was a little bit, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say quite boring, but definitely mm -hmm. didn't have the feel of a PGA Tour event with the fans, you know, getting a nice applause for a birdie or, or a shot, you know. So I have to say it was it was definitely different, but, you know, it's we're getting to play, so we're kind of – we're just thankful for that. We're hoping to not have any more, you know, positive tests and everybody, you know, you know stay safe and, and um, stay healthy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Only one player so far with the positive test, which is you know, which is good. I hope we should be zero, right? So is so everyone's going through the nasal swab test. Is that the? I mean, does that just kill? It just looks. I see all the caddies posting those videos, and it looks awful. Uh, you know, it makes your nose itch, but it's not as bad as you think. Actually, you know, we've been doing both. Actually, we've had nasal um, tests and saliva tests. So, you know, they've been testing us like crazy. But you know, that's that's a good thing because it would be a problem if it started to spread around the tour, then we'd probably get shut down and, you know, stop playing for who knows how long again, but so, but they've done a great job. The PJ tour has been more than prepared for this and I've done a great job, but in, you know, in the same, the other, the other side of it too is, you know, it's a lot of guys out there that are healthy and, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people are, aren't going to have a problem with it. So I don't think I've talked to anybody that's actually, at all concerned about it either so it, it, it kind of works both ways we're, we're glad to be playing but at the same at the other you know same thing is i think a lot of people think it's a little overhyped yeah 
Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, better be safe than sorry, but I mean, fortunate for everybody, it's just been one case. Hopefully it just stays that way and you guys can just keep grinding and get, get fans. Yeah. I mean, guys like Joe and I are itching to get back out there and, and watch you guys play. You know, we were right here in Dallas and Fort Worth. We couldn't go to the Colonial, which was awful. So Killed us, man. Yeah. Killed yeah. Us, it's, so. uh, it's not a lot of fun for us either to not have fans out there, to be honest with you. It's, it's fun to be able to interact with the fans and, and listen to them and listen to comments and, you know, get a kick out of the fans a lot of times too. And so it's, it's disappointing, but hopefully, you know, I guess the Memorial a couple more weeks, you know, down the road and we'll have fans back. Yeah, that's great. It has opened up though, the no fans piece, it has opened up an, an interesting opportunity that I think golf has been begging for, for a long time, at least golf spectators, um, at home watching TV and that's miking up the players. Um, you know, I saw a lot of positive reviews this past week from the players that were mic'd up, felt like people got interactions that they'd been asking for for a long time. I thought Dottie Pepper did a phenomenal job of kind of weaving herself in and out of the conversations really well. What, uh, what's kind of your take on, on the idea of, of miking up players, especially during this time, but ultimately moving forward, is that something that you could potentially see as being a win for fans of the game? Um, you know, yes and no. I don't know. There's a lot of conversations, you know, that don't need to be mic'd up. That's for sure, you know, because uh, obviously every player, you know, it just depends on the player. They're going to have some slip-ups and some foul words probably. Uh, mm. But I don't know. I kind of, I, you know, kind of thinking about it, like if you had Dottie on the course, I almost think maybe some on-course interviews or something like that, you know, inter- you know, if you have, you have all these, you know, um, the premier groups and stuff that, you know, that are, they have a camera on them all day. You know, you could do some in-course interviews on those, I would say. Um, I know in Detroit, I think they want me to do a mic and I haven't exactly decided yet whether or not, cause I think it kind of takes away from your focus on the golf course. You're, um, That's a you're, good trying point. To, you're trying to play a golf tournament, but you also have something attached to your body that, you know, you know that, you know, any, everything you say is going to be heard. So you're also thinking about that. So so I think it can kind of take away a little bit from your from your focus on the tournament. Yeah, that's a that's a fair perspective for sure. So I mean, it'll be well, interesting. I mean, some of the hot takes that we've heard on the mic have been better when they haven't been planned, like Kepka Colonial or something like that. It's like you know you hear some of that stuff and you're like, all right, you know that's just like the guys out golfing on a Saturday morning. You know, they're just like yeah. us. And and I think for like most fans, they like to hear that because it's like, I mean, you guys when you're playing, you're playing for a lot of money. You're playing for you know, points and you're playing for status and you're not really yourself. Right. But when you go out on the course with your boys on, you know, the weekend, you know, maybe you have a beer or something, you're goofing off, you're, you know, gambling, you're having fun and it's just, you relate to everybody. So I think a lot of people enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of the mic'd up is okay. I almost, I think the, uh, I think the on-course interviews would be another good thing. And maybe take a little bit of pressure off just the one guy that's, that's mic'd up and in, in a group, you know, where the three guys yeah. or, or, you know, do it, go around, around the course and, you know, find players that are playing well and, and do a little, you know, 20 second, you know, on course interview with them walking down a fairway. Cause I don't think many guys would have any problem with that. Yeah. I but saw they stopped, they stopped GMAC up. on, uh, I think it was 10 at colonial or something like that. And like, I didn't, I thought his, I thought his round was done. I thought he, I think I stopped him after nine and then he had to sprint to his ball to catch up with his group. And like, he was like breathing hard and, you know, when he gets to his ball and he ended up, 
hitting a pretty good shot, but I was like, man, if he snap hooks this one, you know, or does something bad, I'm like, he's never going to want to ever do that again. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you know, I, th- I think if they walk along with you, that's, that's one thing. Um, making right. you stop having to catch up. Yeah. That's probably not, probably not the best. No, not at all. Well, I've got, I got a couple questions for you about, I mean, you're going into defend. You have kind of an, an interesting story with you took some time off of golf in between playing the nationwide tour and, and ultimately making it to the PGA tour. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I took, uh, I mean, just a few months probably is what it ended up being. Um, I think I had missed the Q school, you know, so it was like September and just kind of decided, Hey, I'm going to take some time off from golf and do some of that. And I, I've had my real estate license for years. One of my good friends is a real estate broker. So he kind of convinced me to get it something to do part-time and, and I've used that over the years and, and getting, you know, some rental properties going for myself nice. and, Stuff like that. So yeah, so I took a few months off, did some um, did some stuff in real estate. You know, just flipped a couple houses, had some fun with it, and then realized that it's uh, it's not what it what it seems like on TV because what you see on TV in those <laughs> definitely not happens. Those yeah. are uh, edited on TV. <laughs> you're not you're you're not Chip Gaines. Fun uh, <laughs> games and laughs and um, you know and doing a house for uh, a full kitchen for $10,000. That's just, that ain't happening, you know, but uh, no, no, they make it good anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I took some time off and, and it, it kind of made me realize how much, you know, I love golf, love competing. Um, and it was good for me. It, it made me come back to golf and, and work a little harder and, and realize that, Hey, this is what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, ultimately, I mean, you're walking up 18, you've got to, is it five or six shot lead at that point coming into the final green? Uh, you know, is it, is, is that journey just running through your mind of like, Hey, when I was doing real estate, I knew this is where I was going to ultimately be like, what are you, what are you processing there? To be honest with you, the last couple holes when I kind of had a sense that, you know, I was, was going to win. There was, it was kind of a blur to be honest with you. I was just kind of a little bit in shock. You know, it's something you always dream of, but you just never know if it's, going to quite happen because winning on the PGA tours, you know, it's, it's extremely difficult. It's the top mm-hmm. 150, you know, golfers in the world, like almost every week. And, uh, so it's, it's tough. It's, uh, but I, I you know, I had a, a lot of thoughts running through my head for sure. Those, and it got a little emotional on the last hole for sure. And it, it was a difficult thing, but it's, it's, you know, something I've always dreamed of, of doing is winning on the PGA tour and I'm just glad I could uh, accomplish it. That's awesome, man. That's so really coming cool. in with the victory, obviously you get a good payday, you get secure some status. What What is the number one thing? I, I might already know the answer, but what's like the number one thing that comes with winning on tour, winning the Rocket Mortgage Classic last year that you know you were looking forward to most? Oh, well, the Masters is definitely one of them. I think that's probably what you were – I see you got a Masters. Pairing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean – Masters is definitely one. I got to play in the British Open at, at um in Northern Ireland last year at uh, Portrush. Nice. Pretty awesome. But you know, just having job security, getting to play in whatever you want, um, confidence with it. You know, the confidence walking into the locker room. You know, kind of gives you that sense of more that sense of you know that you belong out there once you once you've won. So it, it's there's so many things that come with it that you know 
give you that, that feeling of being on the PJ tour and that, and that feeling of, um, like I said, like that you belong, but there's a lot of perks as, as, as well with it, you know, with getting the two year exemption. And so mm-hmm. there's just too many things to count really. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the masters, I mean, we've had kind of a, a quirky 2020 obviously, and you know, the open being canceled, the masters think thankfully moved. So going to be really unique to see it in the fall and it's incredible you get to go and experience that. And, and I mean, have you had a lot of people reach out to you or talk to you or, you know, in person just about, your journey and experience and you being an inspiration to them because it's like you, you see some of these guys who are at the top of the game and they, they win a lot and it just looks like it might come easy to them. And knowing it, they grind every week, just like all of you guys. And it never, it never comes easy, but you know, going to do real estate like you did and flipping houses and almost taking away from golf and coming back into it and getting this newfound energy. I mean, you've got to be, firing up some other people that are probably in the similar boat as you right um yeah i've definitely had some you know messages come through from social media or or other things or friends of friends and you know said that yeah like they get you know i gave them some inspiration and then or just general questions on, on you know what what i did to try to get through the tragedy that i was involved in and yeah, it's definitely something I've looked into and it feels good to be able to, when somebody, when somebody asks it, it's, it's, you know, it's nice to be able to, you know, give them some, you know, advice or, and hopefully it helps, but you know, it's a difficult thing. And I think with most people just it takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, hats it's, off to you good. for persevering and, and getting back, getting on top of the golf world, getting that victory last year. Hopefully you go out there and play well and can defend your title. It'd be It'd be amazing. So kudos to you and, you know, good luck this fall at the masters. Hopefully it all goes well. And, you know, we have a good, good successful masters this fall. Have you played a practice round at Augusta yet? I was actually going the week after the players. So I was about a few days playing Augusta and got canceled. Would that have been your first time? Yeah. I've been there. I haven't played it though. Yeah. Wow. What a, that's tough. Yeah. (laughs) That's tough. Well, you'll get your, you'll get your crack at it soon. I'll get a couple. I'll get a couple cracks rounds in before the tournament. That's for sure. That's great, man. That's great. Well, one last question for you. Opening up the the same week, I, I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed on your bag you're rocking the Top Golf logo. Um, are you a big Top Golf goer? Is that a is that a, a, a place you frequent in your off time? Uh, I mean, yeah, I enjoy going there. Really, I enjoy going there because my girlfriend loves it. She likes to go there, hit balls. You know, we can enjoy a cocktail, relax. You know, I'll hit a couple shots. Um, but it's just, it's. I mean, ever you guys all been to Top Golf? It's just, it's a great company. It's a lot of fun. They have a, they have a, a great thing going there. You know, you get to hit some shots, and you know, and then you get somebody serving you drinks and food, and <laughs> can't beat it. <laughs> yeah, people enjoy the games that you can play. So. You know, I like Top Golf, and they asked me to um, go in on a on a deal with them, and I said, "Yeah, let's do it." So, and I'm excited about it. That's awesome, man. Well, they're opening up, uh, I believe, in Augusta the same week as the Masters here in November. So, we'll have to all get out and maybe hit some golf balls uh, at some point. Sure. Yeah, they were supposed to open the week of the Masters. Yeah, in um, April, and that was uh, I was going to do a little event, I think, on Tuesday for like an hour or something like that. So, I'm sure the same thing will be happening in uh, in November. 
We'll make it happen, man. That's awesome. Well, we wish you all the best. Let us know when you get out onto Augusta and, and you know, how magical that experience is. But we are we are rooting for you next week, and we are rooting for you this season. Thanks thanks so much for spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Nate. Appreciate your time, man. Good luck. Thanks, guys.